Welcome to Fanatics Football, the football segment of the Fantasy Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host once again, James, and I'm joined once again by Nate and Mete. What's up, guys? So, How's it going? All right. In today's episode, uh, we're just doing another recap, uh, this time of week five. Uh, then we'll sort of talk about our pickups in fantasy football for the week, and then we'll once again preview uh, this week's set of games. It's going to be week six. Uh, so let's just hop right into the recap. We'll start with the Thursday night game, the LA Rams defeating the Seattle Seahawks 26 to 17. Um, In this game, obviously, Russell Wilson goes out with an injury, but I mean, the Rams did play pretty well. Matthew Stafford, uh, he threw for 365 passing yards and a passing touchdown with one interception. Uh, Daryl Henderson had 17 carries for 82 yards and a touchdown. Sony Michelle had 11 carries for 37 yards and a rushing touchdown. Then through the air, Robert Woods, his best game of the season, 12 catches and 150 receiving yards. Uh, Cooper Cup, seven catches for 92 yards. Deshaun Jackson's one catches for 68 yards. And Daryl Henderson had one catch for 17. Uh, Tyler Higby had two catches for 14 yards and a touchdown. Um, Mete, I'll get to you on the LA Rams. I guess, what'd you like from this team? Yeah, uh, they played good offensively. Only one turnover. Uh, from Stafford through for good yards. Uh, Henderson also, who made his return, he didn't show any rust. He had a pretty solid game, scored a touchdown. And yeah, I feel like their defense really came through at the end. This was actually a really winnable game for the Seahawks. They were down like two points, I think. And then uh, Lockett slips, they get the interception, they score a touchdown and it's game over. So yeah, I feel like if Lockett didn't slip, this game could have definitely had a different outcome. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Also, at the end, uh, pass directed to Lockett, um, I believe, was intercepted as well. So, um, yeah, it, it's just one of those things. I'll get to the Seattle uh, stats here. Uh, Russell Wilson, when he was in, he threw for 152 yards and a passing touchdown. He also had one interception, like you talked about. Uh, Geno Smith, similar stats, 131 passing yards, one touchdown, one interception. Um, both of them played reasonably well. Obviously, Wilson was hurt for part of that. Um, in terms of rushing, Alex Collins, 15 carries for 47 yards. Not much else on the ground there. And then in terms of receiving, uh, DK Metcalf, five catches for 98 yards and two touchdowns. So he had a pretty big day. Uh, Tyler Lockett, five catches for 57 yards. And then DJ Dallas, two catches for 32 yards. And other than that, not too much to talk about through the air. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you on the Seahawks. I guess, what are your thoughts? Um, I guess I was kind of impressed with Geno Smith. He probably wasn't expecting to play this week. And I guess Russell Wilson got injured and he was the next man up. And he played like he was the next man up. So uh, a really good job by Geno Smith. Yeah, obviously, um, he didn't have much time to prepare. Like you said, obviously, heading into next week's game, he should be a bit better prepared. I guess we'll have to see how the Seahawks look going forward. Um, Getting to the next game, I believe it was played uh, in England. Um, You have the Atlanta Falcons beating the New York Jets uh, 27 to 20. Um, I'll start with the Falcons here. Um, Just looking at some of the stats. Uh, really solid for Matt Ryan, 342 passing yards and two passing touchdowns. 
Uh, getting to the rushing, Cordero Patterson, 14 carries for 54 yards. Uh, Mike Davis, 13 carries for 53 yards and a rushing touchdown. And then through the air, Kyle Pitts, nine catches, 119 yards and a touchdown. So I think career game for him. Uh, Cordero Patterson, seven catches for 60 yards. Tajay Sharp, four catches for 53 yards. And then Hayden Hurst, four catches for 40 yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you on the Falcons. Uh, this is probably one of the better games they've played this season. Yeah, it looks like, um, I guess, they were play playing, I guess, closer to their potential as one of the better, I guess, offenses in the league. Um, really good job by uh, Matt Ryan and pretty much um, the, re the receivers as well. The only um, questions I have is that this was against the Jets for one of the weaker teams in the league at the moment. So, I mean, I guess I'd like to see them, I guess, play like this against stronger teams. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. The Jets didn't look too good. Also, Zach Wilson, he had no passing touchdowns in this game. He only had 192 yards and he threw an interception. Uh, really tough again for him. Uh, Michael Carter on the ground, 10 carries, 38 yards and a touchdown. Ty Johnson, four carries for 12 yards and a touchdown. And then through the air, just really not much here. Corey Davis, four catches for 45 yards. Keelan Cole, two catches for 38 yards. Denzel Mims, two catches for 33 yards. And Jamison Crowder, four catches for 24 yards. Uh, Mete just getting to you on the Jets. Um, yeah, they just really didn't look good here. Yeah, they were only able to score two touchdowns and I don't know, Zach Wilson, he's having a tough time right now adjusting to the NFL. He hasn't really had a breakout game yet, I'd say. So, yeah, it looks like he's just going to have to get settled in. And uh, it's just going as expected for the Jets. A lot of people weren't expecting too much from him this season. So, Yeah, for sure. Speaking of a team that people really weren't expecting much from, the Detroit Lions have fallen to 0-5 now. They lose to the Minnesota Vikings 19-17. A game-winning field goal gets it done from Greg Joseph. Uh, just looking at the stats for the Vikings, Kirk Cousins, 275 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. I guess on the ground here, Alex Madison, 25 carries for 113 rushing yards, so big day for him. And then getting to the receiving, Justin Jefferson, seven catches for 124 receiving yards. Adam Thielen, two catches for 40 yards. Alex Madison also had seven catches for 40 yards and a receiving touchdown, while Ty Conklin adds two catches for 25 yards. Oh, Mette, I'll get to you on the Vikings here. Uh, this is a closer game than we expected, but yeah, the Vikings do get it done here. Yeah, this was a crazy game as uh, poor Lions, man. They just keep getting their heart broken last second on field goals. And it happened again as they were ahead with, I think under a minute left and then the uh, Vikings were able to uh, get into field goal range. They were only down uh, two, I believe. So yeah, uh, last second field goal Vikings win and another heartbreaking loss for the Lions. Yeah, I definitely feel for the Lions here. Of course, their coach Dan Campbell is pretty emotional when talking about this team, how they lost a lot of close games. Obviously, the talent level isn't there compared to some of the other teams they face, but he says they seem to be putting in a good effort. I know Jared Goff here, he had 203 passing yards, and he threw an interception. Um, in terms of rushing, both backs have been really good. 
Jamal Williams, 13 carries for 57 yards, and DeAndre Swift, 11 carries for 51 yards and a touchdown. Uh, in terms of receiving, Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, seven uh, catches for 65 yards. DeAndre Swift, six catches for 53 yards. Uh, Quintus Cephas, three catches for 38 yards. I believe he was injured in this game. And then TJ Hawkinson, two catches for 22 yards. Uh, Nate, I guess in terms of uh, this overall offense, they just really haven't been able to put up a lot of points. Yeah, I feel like they try to, I guess, rely on a lot of defense and a lot of effort to try to slow down the other team enough so that they can kind of um, stay in the game, if that makes sense. And it does seem to be working for the most part. I mean, they ended up slowing down the Vikings, which I think is really impressive considering how good their offense is. They have one of the best, um, I guess, uh, running backs in the league in Dalvin Cook. And Kirk Cousins was pretty much lighting every team up until, I guess, the past couple of weeks. So, I mean, it's another loss, which is a little bit disappointing, but I don't think this is one of their worst games. Yeah, well, I mean, it even benefited them that Cook didn't play because I mean, I know Madison did go off uh, against this team, but um, yeah, I feel like it could have been a lot worse in terms of the score. I think they did do a good job uh, playing some defense, but yeah, they definitely need to get a win at some point here. Hopefully that happens for them. And then moving on to the next game, we have the New Orleans Saints being the Washington football team, 33 to 22. Uh, getting to the stats here. For the New Orleans Saints, we have Jameis Winston, 279 passing yards, four passing touchdowns, and an interception. So he had a good day overall. And then uh, Alvin Kamara, 16 carries for 71 yards and a touchdown. Kamara also added five catches through the air, 51 yards and a receiving touchdown. So big day for him. Marquez Callaway, four catches, 85 yards, and two receiving touchdowns. Another a big game for another one of their big players. Uh, Deontay Harris, his one catch was for 72 yards and it was a touchdown. So very impressive from him. And then Adam Trotman, two catches for 43 yards. Uh, Nate, getting to you on the Saints, this team's been pretty up and down all year, but they got a big win here. Yeah, I mean, it's a good job against uh, Washington. The only thing is Washington isn't like the defensive team that they are this year, so Again, this is a really good job by Jameis Winston, really good job by Alvin Kamara and um, everyone else. It's just that I kind of want to see them do this against uh, stronger teams as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know Washington has been kind of a disappointment. Um, but yeah, like you said, Saints got to really do it against stronger teams. Getting to Washington now, Taylor Heineke, 248 passing yards, two interceptions. It was probably his worst game of the season. Uh, he did have five carries for 40 yards on the ground, so not too bad there. Antonio Gibson, 20 carries, 60 yards, and two rushing touchdowns, so very good from him. And then looking at the receiving, um, Adam Humphreys, three catches for 73 yards. DeAndre Carter, four catches for 62 yards. Terry McLaurin, four catches for 46 yards. Ricky Seals-Jones, five catches, 41 yards. And Antonio Gibson had two catches for 12 yards. Mete, I'll get to you on Washington. I guess what's been the deal with this team this season? The main thing for them is the defense hasn't been as good. And yeah, I think Heineke, like you said, he has his worst game of the season, but he's been playing really well, I think. Uh, he's only going to get better as this is the first time he's actually become a full-time starter. So yeah, I think if the defense can play better, they uh, will definitely start picking up more wins. Yeah, that's been the one thing about this team. Like you said, defense was always their strength. 
but it seems to be their weakness this season. Their offense had to keep up a lot of games. So definitely hope for a bounce back here at some point from them. Uh, getting to the next game, a game that I was really keeping a close eye on here, the New England Patriots beating the, the, the Houston Texans by a score of 25 to 22. Uh, there's a big deficit here. The Patriots come back and they end up winning. Uh, just looking at the stats here, uh, Mac Jones, 231 passing yards and a passing touchdown. He also had an interception. Uh, Damian Harris, 14 carries, 58 yards and a touchdown. And that was pretty much it on the ground. Uh, not too much from anyone else. Uh, and through the air, Hunter Henry, six catches. Uh, I believe it's for 75 yards and a touchdown. Jacoby Myers, four catches for 56 yards. Nelson Aguilar, three catches for 32 yards. Uh, Mete, I'll get to you on the Patriots. Um, another close game from them. I guess this time they got the win. Uh, what do you think about this team? Yeah, definitely. Really close game. They win uh, last minute, basically. And yeah, I thought this would be a comfortable game for them as the Texans without Tyrod Taylor, they haven't been that great. And then I think Belichick has this crazy record, something like being undefeated against rookie quarterbacks. And with the way Davis Mills was playing heading into this game, he was really struggling. So I thought, uh, it would just be another game where he struggles as the Patriots. They're one of the better defenses in the league, or they should be. So, yeah, Mills has a great game and uh, keeps it really close. But the Patriots in the second half, they uh, do a great job of coming back in this game. Yeah, just watching this game, it looks like the Texans had the momentum um, pretty much the whole first half. I believe it was like 22 to 9 or something. And then second half, Patriots get a crazy special teams play. They block a punt. The whole game turns around. They score um, on all un unanswered points, and uh, they end up winning on a kick. Uh, they could have won on a kick last game. Obviously, we know what happened in hitting off the bar. But this time, Folk puts it through and gets it done for the Patriots. I mean, like you said, Davis Mills didn't play too bad. He had 312 passing yards and three passing touchdowns. So actually a pretty good day for him. Um, Mark Ingram on the ground, 16 carries for 41 yards. And then through the air, Chris Moore had five catches for 109 yards and a touchdown. Chris Conley, three catches for 84 yards and a touchdown. David Johnson, five catches for 46 yards. And Brandon Cooks, three catches for 23 yards. Anthony Alclair had his one catch goal for 11 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you on the Texans. This is one of the better games they've played without Tyrod Taylor, but I mean, I guess they're still very unmatched against every team they play. Yeah, I think this is one of the, I guess, better games that they've played in a few weeks. And I guess one of the good points is we've been um, saying that we wanted Davis Mills to kind of step up and try to facilitate the, the offense kind of close to the way Tyrod Taylor did. And I think he did a really good job of kind of stepping up to the plate this time. And it was a really close game. And I feel like, um, if he keeps having games like this, there might be possibility of a couple of upsets. Yeah, for sure. Um, he's definitely getting a little bit more comfortable from the looks of it uh, with the NFL style game. And yeah, like you said, I think he'll keep improving. We'll definitely have to see uh, how he does this coming week. Uh, getting to the next game, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeating the Miami Dolphins 45-17. Uh, this was a great game for the Bucs uh, after a tight one with the Patriots to sort of bounce back and get to their get back to their dominating ways. I believe this game was like, what, 24-17 at one point, and then they just pushed the gas, and it became 45-17. Uh, 
I mean, Tom Brady, one of his best games of the seasons of, of the season, uh, 411 pass yards and five passing touchdowns, pretty much flawless in this game. Uh, Leonard Fournette on the ground, 12 carries, 67 yards and a touchdown. And then through the air, Antonio Brown, seven catches, 124 yards and two touchdowns. Mike Evans, six catches, 113 yards and two touchdowns. Chris Godwin, seven catches for 70 yards. And Leonard Fournette, four catches for 43 yards, while Ty Johnson adds uh, three catches for 42 yards. Uh, Giovanni Bernard's two catches go for 14 yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Nate, I'll just get to you on Tampa Bay. I think this looks like the Tampa Bay we're used to seeing. Yeah, this is, uh, they're looking like the defending champs at the moment. I mean, their their offense has been um, really good. I don't feel like they have, they've lost too much of a step, I guess, this past season for the most part. Their defense, I guess, was a little bit more of a question. I don't feel like they've been playing the same as they did last year, but they basically flipped the switch. So I guess Tampa Bay is going to be one of the teams that in the regular season, they're still going to be really strong, but in the playoffs, they're just going to flip a switch and beat everyone. Yeah, I mean, uh, it really hurts with some of the injuries they've had in the secondary. Obviously, it's taken guys like Richard Sherman and any of the other new guys some time to sort of get used to the, the defense. So, uh, yeah, I guess they gave up a, a, a quite a few points early, and then they sort of shut the door. Uh, they were able to figure out what they wanted to, to do on defense to stop the Dolphins. But uh, just getting to the Dolphins stats now, Jacoby Brissett, uh, 275 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, on the ground, Miles Gaskin, five carries for only 25 yards, not too much here. And then in terms of receiving, that's where Gaskin got in his work. Ten catches, 74 yards, and two receiving touchdowns. Big day for him. Uh, Preston Williams, uh, three catches for 60 yards. We haven't seen too much of him this season. Uh, Mike Kosicki, four catches for 43 yards. And Jalen Waddell had two catches for 31 yards. Uh, Mete, getting to you on this Dolphins team. Their defense hasn't looked the same as last year, and I guess their offense really misses Tua. Yeah, uh, definitely as uh, the defense, like you said, uh, they're looking like one of the worst defenses in the league right now. So hopefully they can pick it up. And yeah, uh, they should be getting Tua back next week. So that's the good news. And with him, uh, they should definitely play better as I think there's uh, nowhere to go but up for them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, losing uh, some of the linebackers they lost in the summer. Uh, uh, of course, both guys heading back to the Patriots. I mean, uh, they just haven't been able to stop the run at all. Um, and then in terms of their past defense, we know how good Byron Jones and Xavier Howard can be, but they just haven't really been at that level this year. Um, it's, it's just been really tough overall for the Dolphins. So hopefully when Tua gets back, they'll sort of have a chance to bounce back. Um, getting to the next game, this was a crazy game. I saw parts of this game, especially the overtime. Um, the Green Bay Packers beating the Cincinnati Bengals in overtime, 25-22. Um, a lot of missed kicks in this game going back and forth. Uh, both Rodgers and Burrow taking their teams down the field to try and win it. Uh, just looking at Aaron Rodgers here, 344 pass yards, two passing touchdowns and an interception. Aaron Jones, 14 carries for 103 rushing yards. A big day for him. A.J. Dillon at eight carries for 30 yards. Devontae Adams had the biggest day, 11 catches, 206 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown. Um, A.J. Dillon, four catches for 49 yards and a touchdown. Mercedes Lewis, two catches for 34 yards. And Randall Cobb had two catches for 30 yards. Uh, Mete, I'll get to you on the Packers. They're really relieved to have won this game. 
yeah, definitely. Like you said, a lot of missed kicks. This was probably the craziest game of the week. And yeah, the Bengals actually not looking too bad this season. Packers, uh, four and one is a good start for them. They've really turned it around after the Saints blowout. So they've gone on a four game win streak. Uh, let's see if they can keep that up next week. Yeah, like you said, that first game against the Saints, I believe everyone kind of overreacted. Maybe we did as well. This Packers team looks like they're back in stride. They look like they're going to be a solid team overall. And then getting to the Bengals, Joe Burrow, 281 passing yards, two passing touchdowns and two interceptions. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan, 11 carries for 59 yards. And Joe Mixon had 10 carries for 33 yards and a touchdown. I believe he was banged up in this game. Um, and then in terms of receiving, uh, this guy's pretty much been their MVP this season, Jamar Chase. Six catches, 159 yards, and a receiving touchdown. T. Higgins was back. He had five catches for 32 yards. Tyler Boyd had four catches for 24 yards. And Samaje Pirine, uh, four catches, 24 yards, and a receiving touchdown. Nate, I guess just getting to on the Bengals. I mean, this team, to keep up with Green Bay, I think they're looking pretty solid. Yeah, I think they did a good job both um, offensively and defensively as I guess they were able to slow down the Packers enough that they could uh, keep keep a competitive game with them pretty much um, all four quarters. And I guess the only thing is um, trying not to throw too many interceptions. And But the Green Bay Packers do have a really good defense, so there is that as well. And I guess... Um, I guess the chemistry between the receivers and um, Joe Burrow is a lot better this season, which really helps. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. The Packers defense, I mean, they were missing some big playmakers, guys like Zadarius Smith and Jair Alexander, but I mean, they looked really solid. Uh, they played really well. So this defense as a whole seems to be getting better for the Packers. But yeah, definitely like what the Bengals have going on this year. I'm um, getting to the next game, Pittsburgh Steelers being the Denver Broncos, 27-19. Uh, Pittsburgh, I guess, really needed this win. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, 253 passing yards, two passing touchdowns. Najee Harris, big day, 23 carries, 122 rush yards, and a rushing touchdown. Then through the air, Chase Claypool, five catches for 130 yards and a touchdown. Deontay Johnson, two catches for 72 yards and a touchdown. Then Najee Harris had two catches for 20 yards. Um, I guess, Nate, I'll get to you uh, on Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, big win for them. Obviously, Juju Smith-Schuster out for the season, but uh, mostly positives for them in this game. Yeah, it looks like um, their offense is back for the most part. I know they had um, a really rough adjustment period at the start of the season, but it looks like they found their um, rhythm for the most part. They're not relying on their defense to kind of carry them through games now. They have, I guess they've they've clicked enough so that um, they can kind of stay in the game offensively as well. Yeah, Claypool, I know missing last week really hurt them. He's a big part of their offense, being able to stretch the ball down the field. He had a big game, obviously. So, yeah, I definitely like what the Steelers have going on. Uh, in terms of the Broncos, Teddy Bridgewater, 288 pass yards, two passing touchdowns and an interception. In terms of rushing, Javante Williams, eight carries for 61 yards. Melvin Gordon, nine carries for 34 yards. Then in terms of receiving, Cortland Sutton, seven catches, 120 yards and a touchdown. Tim Patrick also had seven catches for 89 yards. Kendall Hilton, Kendall Hinton had two catches for 25 yards and a touchdown. And Javante Williams added 
three catches for 25 yards, while Noah Fan had three catches for 20 yards. Amete uh, getting two on the Broncos. I think this team struggled a little bit since uh, starting off the season really well. Yeah, like you said, they start off the season really well at 3-0, and and then now they're on a two-game losing streak. So, yeah, they're hoping to flip it around. And I think, uh, what's his name, Jerry Judy, I think he's going to be coming back soon as they've been without him for probably like three weeks, maybe more. So, Since yeah, week he, one, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, um, he's their main target. Getting him back will be huge for this team. Yeah, I definitely agree. Their offense just definitely needs to take a step up. Uh, their defense hasn't been too bad, but I guess just overall as a team, they might need to sort of take the next step. Um, speaking of a team that did take the next step, there was an upset here. Philadelphia Eagles beating the Carolina Panthers 21-18. to 18. Um, Yeah, this Eagles team looked great in this game. Jalen Hurts had 198 pass yards. He did throw an interception, but on the ground was where he got his work in. Nine carries, 30 yards, and two rushing touchdowns, so big day for him. Miles Sanders had 11 carries for 45 yards. And then through the air, Devontae Smith, seven catches for 77 yards. Quez Watkins, three catches for 48 yards. And Dallas Goddard, two catches for 28 yards, while Jalen Rager had three catches for 24 yards. Um, Mete, I'll get to you on this Eagles team. Um, yeah, they looked really solid in this game. Yeah, they played solid, but I feel like the Panthers should have won this game. They kind of choked it away as they only put up three points in the second half. They were up 15 to six. So, yeah, I think uh, the Eagles, they got to get better at running the ball. Sanders has been struggling this season. And outside of Devontae Smith, they really haven't had a consistent number two option, I think, in this offense. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, Carolina, they definitely should have played a lot better. I mean, this was Sam Darnold's worst game of the season in my mind. I think 177 yards, uh, one passing touchdown, but he did throw three interceptions, so not good from him. Uh, Chuba Hubbard had his big day, 24 carries for 101 rush yards, so pretty solid there. And then in terms of receiving, DJ Moore, five catches for 42 yards. Ian Thomas had four catches for 40 yards. Chuba Hubbard had five catches for 33 yards. And Robbie Anderson had two catches for 30 yards. Um, I guess, Nate, getting to you, this Panthers team, while their defense is pretty solid, I guess their offense is sort of missing an element without McCaffrey. Yeah, I mean, I guess missing Christian McCaffrey, that's kind of like the biggest factor. Um, It'd be a lot more difficult to kind of um, stop them. But even with that, I feel like uh, Chuba Hubbard played really well this game, 101 yards. That's a really, uh, I guess, a really good um, rushing stat. I guess the only unfortunate thing is um, he, they weren't able to kind of convert, I guess, the rushing yards into touchdowns. So um, I guess that's probably going to be um, the, the thing to look for next week. Yeah, for sure. Definitely uh, need to translate some of that into touchdowns. Um, And then just moving on to the next game here, uh, we got the Tennessee Titans beating the Jacksonville Jaguars 37 to 19. This sort of bounce back game for the Titans after losing to the Jets last week. Uh, Ryan Tannehill had 197 passing yards and a passing touchdown. In terms of rushing, Derrick Henry, 29 carries for 130 yards and three rushing touchdowns. Big game for him once again. Uh, Tannehill had three rushes for 21 yards. And then through the air, 
Marcus Johnson, three catches for 52 yards. A.J. Brown, three catches for 38 yards. And Anthony Ferkser had three catches for 33 yards. And uh, Michael Pruitt, his one catch went for 14 yards and a touchdown. Um, I guess, um, Nate, I'll just get to you on the Titans. Um, I mean, they looked a lot better in this game. I don't know Julio Jones, but I guess what are your thoughts? Um, I guess they kind of um, went back to their roots a little bit. Um, let Derrick Henry kind of be the focal point of the offense and uh, kind of test the, I guess, run defense of the other team to see if they can slow down or stop Derrick Henry. And I guess Jacksonville couldn't. Not a lot of teams can uh, can stop Derrick Henry. So you just kind of abuse that over and over. And that give that kind of like pretty much um, gives the end, the entire team, um, I guess, more exposure, if that makes sense. Yeah, Derrick Henry's a cheat code at this point. Uh, it's really hard to bring him down. He's also so durable. He rarely gets hurt. Um, yeah, he's just one of these elements in their offense. is pretty much unstoppable, like you said. I guess getting to Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, 273 passing yards. He had a passing touchdown and an interception. He also ran seven times for 28 yards, and he had a rushing touchdown as well. So good game from Lawrence overall. Uh, James Robinson had his biggest game of the season, 18 carries for 149 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. So good game for him. Then through the air, Dan Arnold, six catches for 64 yards. LaVisca Chanel had one catch for 58 yards. Tavon Austin, he had five catches for 54 yards. And Jamal Agnew had six catches for 41 yards, while Jacob Hollister's one-yard catch was for a touchdown. Uh, Mete getting to on Jacksonville. This team, uh, they can't win a game yet this season. Um, I guess, what are your thoughts overall on this team? Yeah, like you said, they can't win a game, but I think that's not the end of the world for them. As They have a pretty young team, a rookie quarterback. He's uh, improving, throwing a lot less interceptions. His completion percentage is looking much better. So, yeah, like I said, uh, with them losing games, they can get another really high uh, draft pick for next year and keep building to their team. I think James Robinson, he's really picked it up lately. Last couple of weeks, he's been playing really well. And yeah, losing DJ Chark hurts them. So uh, hopefully they can pick up a win soon. But if not, I don't think it's the end of the world for them. Yeah, for sure. Um, Jacksonville, they need to find their way into the win column as soon as possible. I guess if uh, Urban Meyer and the rest of the coaching staff want to still have jobs uh, by the end of the season. Um, I know, Mete, you said that the Green Bay-Cincinnati game was the craziest game of the week, but I think Justin Herbert said, hold my beer. And this game was one of the craziest games of the week. The LA Chargers being the Cleveland Browns, 47-42. to I believe there was over 40 points scored in the fourth quarter in total. Um, it was an insane game. Um, just getting to the Chargers stats here, Justin Herbert, 398 passing yards and four passing touchdowns, monster game from him. Um, in terms of rushing, Austin Eckler, 17 carries for 66 yards and two rushing touchdowns. Uh, Justin Herbert adding four carries for 29 yards and a rushing touchdown. Then in terms of receiving, Mike Williams back on the stat sheet, eight catches, 165 yards, and two receiving touchdowns. Keenan Allen, six catches for 75 yards. Austin Eckler, five catches for 51 yards, sorry, 53 yards, and one receiving touchdown. While Jalen Guyton had two catches for 35 yards, and Donald Parham's two catches went for 29 yards and a receiving touchdown. 
Uh, Mete, I'll get to you on the Chargers. This team's looking really strong this year. Yeah, they're looking great. Uh, Herbert, amazing game. Eckler, three touchdowns. Uh, great fantasy day for him. And yeah, I'm really impressed with Mike Williams this season as he's shown flashes before of what he can do. But yeah, he's never played like this before. And I think him playing this well is huge for the scene. Yeah, I think his main issue was not being able to stay healthy. But um, yeah, he's definitely been able to stay healthy this season. And I guess we can sort of see um, the kind of receiver he was drafted as, as he's been really solid. I'm just getting to Cleveland here. They lose a heartbreaker in this game as they were up for parts of it, especially it was back and forth in the fourth quarter. Um, Baker Mayfield, 305 passing yards and two passing touchdowns. He was really solid in this game. Nick Chubb at 21 carries that went for 161 yards and a rushing touchdown. Kareem Hunt's 12 carries went for 61 yards and two rushing touchdowns. So great game on the ground for Cleveland. And then in terms of receiving, David Njoku, seven catches, 149 yards and a touchdown. Um, and then uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones had five catches for 70 yards. Rashard Higgins, three catches for 29 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Kareem Hunt had five catches for 28 yards. And Odell Beckham, only two catches for 20 yards. But Nate, I'll get to you on the Browns here. I guess what were your thoughts on this game? Um, I guess... Uh quite a few thoughts i guess um i guess i guess i should probably try to get the elephant out of the room first there was i guess uh what most browns fans would consider a missed call i feel like that did affect the game because it ended up giving the chargers 31 yards but can't really dwell on that too much the chargers were uh, really legit there were i feel like some mistakes on the defense even though the defense did play really well um like leaving um, Mike Williams um, like pretty much wide open on some plays, and that kind of allowed Mike Williams to get pretty much free touchdowns. So I guess there, those, those are some things that I feel like they might um, want to look at. Uh, some There are some, uh, I guess, some physical play. Some of the players, I guess, on both sides ended up getting banged up. But... I think for the most part, I feel like uh, the Browns, they did play um, really well. The Chargers are a really good team. And it pretty much came down to uh, the last throw of the game, more or less. I feel like if the last throw completed, the Browns pretty much would have won. So even though it was kind of disappointing, there are a few things that the Browns could have worked on, on maybe both offense and defense. I feel like this uh, still was, I guess, a pretty good performance. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with that. I don't think Cleveland should be upset with this game. They faced a really good team and they did put up a lot of points. Um, yeah, so definitely um, Cleveland should look for a bounce back next game. All right, getting to the next game. Uh, it was the Chicago Bears beating the Las Vegas Raiders by a score of 20 to 9. Um, Chicago has looked better since starting Justin Fields. He was solid in this game uh, for the most part, 111 passing yards. And a passing touchdown. In terms of rushing, Khalil Herbert had 18 carries for 75 yards. Damian Williams had 16 carries for 64 yards and a rushing touchdown. Darnell Mooney, three catches for 35 yards. Allen Robinson, four catches for 32 yards. Cole Komet had two catches for 22 yards. And Damian Williams had two catches for 20 yards. While uh, Jesper Horstead, his one catch went for two yards and a touchdown. Um, Nate, getting to you on the Chicago Bears. 
I guess, what do you think overall of this team? Um, I think even um, with Justin Fields improving, I still kind of see the Chicago Bears as more of a defensive-minded uh, team. Um, they were able to, I guess, kind of stop the passing offense of the Las Vegas Raiders, which I think is really impressive because, again, the Raiders were lighting up pretty much every team until the past couple of weeks. So uh, really good job by the, by the Chicago Bears defense. Um, I guess we still need to see a couple of games um, from Justin Fields before we kind of um, see where the offense is at, I think. Yeah, for sure. I feel like he still has a lot of work to do, but he is on the right track for sure. Um, Getting to the Raiders, uh, Derek Carr, 206 passing yards, and he did throw an interception in this game. Um, In terms of rushing, Josh Jacobs, 15 carries for 48 yards and a rushing touchdown. Then in terms of receiving, Hunter Renfro, six catches for 56 yards. Henry Ruggs, three catches for 51 yards. Darren Waller, four catches for 45 yards. And not really much else from uh, the rest of the team. Uh, Mete, I'll get to you on the Raiders. Uh, This is another team after starting out well. They've sort of gone downhill. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I was really impressed with the Raiders. They beat uh, the Steelers and Ravens for sure. And then I think the third team was the Colts, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, they beat pretty good teams. Uh, they've been losing lately. And I hope the fact that uh, John Gruden stepping down doesn't uh, distract this team as they haven't been in the playoffs for a while. They're off to a great start. So, yeah, I hope with them having a new head coach, they can uh, turn things around. Yeah, for sure. I believe that third team they beat was the Dolphins. And yeah, it's really good that, uh, that you know, if, if the coach needed to step down, he did it. Hopefully there's not too much noise around that, that, you know, this team can kind of rebound from that. And yeah, it is going to be tough for them to make the playoffs. Obviously having an interim coach, we all know that. Uh, we know Gruden's system was working pretty well with this team. Obviously it's going to be a new system implemented most likely. So yeah, we'll definitely have to see how that turns out for this team. Um, getting to the next game, uh, the Arizona Cardinals keeping their undefeated streak 5-0 and now. They they beat the San Francisco 49ers 17-10. to um, Kyler Murray, he's been so solid, 239 passing yards and a passing touchdown. And um, in terms of rushing, Rondell Moore, three carries for 38 yards. James Conner, 10 carries for 29 yards and a rushing touchdown. While Chase Edmonds only had 15 rush yards on six carries. Uh, But then in terms of receiving, DeAndre Hopkins had his big game of the season, six catches for 87 yards and a touchdown. Rondell Moore had five catches for 59 yards. Christian Kirk, five catches for 39 yards. And Chase Edmonds had three catches for 19 yards. Um, I guess, Mete, talking to you about the Cardinals, uh, this team's undefeated. And yeah, they've been solid every game. Yeah, definitely. Uh I think the main uh, difference this season from last season for the Cardinals is the defense. The fact that they can play in these low scoring games and win them is impressive as, yeah, like I said, last season, their defense, I would say was average at best. So yeah, also Rondale Moore, uh, the rookie, he's been really impressive. He's kind of come out of nowhere for me as I didn't really know about him, but now I definitely do. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, Rondell Moore, he's been so solid. Uh, whether they have him in the backfield, like I saw there, or I guess just, you know, catching passes. I mean, he's just been so solid. 
um yeah he just seems to be one of these guys they can just plug anywhere and yeah he's going to produce so um yeah good on the cardinals I, de- I definitely agree with you on the whole defense thing how they revamped it i think yeah they've been really solid um and then in terms of the 49ers uh, just looking at some of their stats um looking at trey lance first of all with his passing yards he had 192 passing yards no passing touchdowns but he did throw an interception Uh, which is really tough uh, for him. Uh, This is his first career start. And then in terms of rushing, uh, Eli Mitchell had the big day, nine carries for 43 yards. Debo Samuel had one carry for 13 yards and a rushing touchdown. And then through the air, Debo Samuel, three catches for 58 yards. Kyle Juszczyk, three catches for 35 yards. Brandon Ayuk, two catches for 32 yards. And Ross Dwellia, two catches for 25 yards. I guess, Nate, getting two on the 49ers, I guess, what are your thoughts on this team? Um, I feel like um, the 49ers, they also had a really good defensive game, uh, being able to kind of slow down um, Kyler Murray. I feel like most of the Arizona games, they've been scoring over 20 points. So to see them score under 20 is kind of uh, a surprise for me. So I feel like um, the 49ers, they did have a really good um, defense this week. I guess uh, in terms of offense, um, I feel like Trey Lance did pretty well. I guess the, the interception is kind of unfortunate. And I guess maybe the next thing would be to try to get um, a touchdown next time. But um, Arizona does have like a top 10 defense. I feel like they're rated sixth in terms of overall defense. So uh, not bad for a rookie at all. Yeah, for sure. It's just a one step at a time. We talked about that with Justin Fields. I think the same thing for Trey Lance as well. Uh, take it one game at a time and just keep getting better. And I think, yeah, he's going to be a solid quarterback in this league for sure. I'm getting to the next game here. Uh, This is pretty rough game here. Dallas uh, Cowboys being the New York giants 44 to 20. Um, Yeah. This is a pretty big blowout game as a lot of injuries happen on the giants end of the field. Um, Dallas though was still really solid. Uh, Dak Prescott 302 passing yards and three passing touchdowns with one interception. In terms of rushing, Ezekiel Elliott had 21 carries for 110 yards and a rushing touchdown. Tony Pollard had 14 carries for 75 yards. And then in terms of receiving, CeeDee Lamb, four catches, 84 yards and a touchdown. Dalton Schultz, six catches for 79 yards. Amari Cooper, three catches for 60 yards and a touchdown. Noah Brown had three catches for 36 yards. And Ezekiel Elliott's two catches went for two yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Mete just getting to you on Dallas here. Uh, this is probably one of the best games uh, they've had this season. Yeah, I guess in a way you could say that. But honestly, uh, before the injuries, this was kind of a close game as uh, Barkley goes down first, really unfortunate at the end of the play. And then, yeah, he's uh, uh, he was really starting to pick it up this season. Uh, coming off a pre-existing injury, uh, he looked kind of rusty like I said, picking it up and then for him to get hurt again is just super unfortunate. And with Jones as well, he he's playing the best football of his career. So for him to get hurt at this time, super unfortunate again for the Giants. I think the Cowboys definitely did what they had to do. But if those two play this, I think could have been a completely different game. Yeah, I definitely agree. I really expected it to be close. I did think Dallas was still going to win, but yeah, definitely it would have been closer for sure. 
Uh, looking at the giant stats here, of course, Daniel Jones started this game. He threw for 98 passing yards, but then he did get hurt and he left the game. Mike Lennon came in, really didn't do much. He had 90, 196 passing yards, one passing touchdown, but also two interceptions. In terms of rushing, uh, Saquon Barkley only had nine yards before he went down. And then Devontae Booker came in. He had 16 carries for 42 yards and a rushing touchdown. So, um, yeah, he, he was pretty good in relief. And I think the, the main highlight from this game was Kadarius Tony. He had 10 catches for 189 yards, really big breakout game for him. Um, yeah, really solid. Um, Evan Ingram, four catches for 55 yards. Devontae Booker, another touchdown here. This time it's a receiving touchdown on his three catches for 16 yards. Uh, Nate, getting to you on the Giants, uh, so many injuries for them now, especially on their offense. I guess, what do you think about this team overall? Uh, it's really unfortunate because I feel like they were looking to kind of back, bounce back from last season. Um, they had a really rough last season as well as Saquon Barkley was injured. I feel like Daniel Jones had a bit of an injury last season as well. And now they're having injuries again. So again, a really unfortunate situation. And it was against the Dallas Cowboys out of all teams in the middle of the game. So um, there's not really too much um, you can you can do there. Um, Mike Lennon did his best to kind of um, try to carry carry the team as far as he could, but um, Dallas put up both an offensive and defensive clinic, so it was really hard for the Giants to keep up. Yeah, I was going to say around this time last year was when the whole Dak Prescott injury happened, so sort of reverse fortunes here uh, between these two teams. Um, but getting to the Sunday night game here, this was a crazy game. There was a thunder and lightning delay in between. But Buffalo does pull it out here, 38-20 to 20 over the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, looking at the stats here for this game, Josh Allen, 315 pass yards and three touchdowns. Uh, and then on the ground, he had 11 carries for 59 yards and a rushing touchdown as well. Zach Moss, 11 carries for 37 yards. Then getting to receiving, Dawson Knox, three catches for 117 yards and a touchdown. Stefan Diggs, two catches for 69 yards. Zach Moss, three catches for 55 yards. And Emmanuel Sanders, three catches, 54 yards, and two touchdowns. So big day for him. I guess Nate getting two on this Buffalo team. They are looking really strong this year after beating the Chiefs. Yeah, I feel like um, beating the Chiefs is more or less a litmus, litmus test for how far you can go in the playoffs. Although I will say that I feel like the Chiefs kind of took – took a step back on defense um, this year and taking a step back on defense against uh, the Bills is not the best idea. So I guess um, Josh Allen ended up scoring almost 40 points again, which again is uh, really, really impressive from the Buffalo Bills. So I feel like um, now the question is um, if you can I guess, contain Josh Allen, he might have a chance, but how are you going to contain Josh Allen? Yeah, he just seems to have gotten better at a lot of different things this year. Obviously, that one issue of him holding on to the ball a little too long when uh, during the pass rush. But I guess other than that, his fumbling issues seem to have gone away. Uh, some of the other issues he had experienced. So, I mean, this Buffalo team keeps getting better. I guess we'll have to see how good they really are as the season goes along. Um, getting to the Chiefs here, uh, looking at some of the stats, Pat Mahomes, 272 pass yards. He did have two passing touchdowns, but also two interceptions, so a little rough there. He also had eight carries that went for 61 yards. Obviously, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire goes down in this game. He only had 13 rush yards. Daryl Williams on five carries had 27 rush yards. 
And then through the air, McCole Hardman, nine catches for 76 yards. Uh, Tyree Kill, seven catches for 63 yards. Travis Kelsey, six catches, 57 yards and a touchdown. And also uh, Byron Pringles, two catches went for 11 yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Metti, I'll get to you on the Chiefs. Obviously, their defense is a problem, but I guess even their offense looked like it was a bit of a problem here. Yeah, definitely. Uh, losing Clyde edwards uh won't help you anyway. And yeah, I think Patrick Mahomes, he's almost at 10 interceptions, around like nine or eight. So yeah, he's definitely a quarterback who doesn't turn the ball over too much. He's been turning it over this season. So that's kind of concerning, but I think the addition of Josh Gordon was huge for them. Uh, as as the season goes on, he should get more familiar with the playbook and all that. So, yeah, I think he's he could definitely help them out. Yeah, for sure. Um, the Chiefs definitely need to turn something around. So hopefully they'll be able to do that in the next couple of weeks. Um, getting to the Monday night game, it was an overtime game here as well. The Baltimore Ravens beating the Indianapolis Colts 31 to 25. Uh, looking at the stats here for Baltimore, uh, this one's really surprising. Lamar Jackson, 442 passing yards. I believe it's a career high, and it's a Ravens team high, so really solid from him. He had four passing touchdowns to go with that. He also had 14 carries on the ground for 62 rush yards. Not much else on the ground for this team. Then in terms of receiving, Mark Andrews, 11 catches, 147 yards, and two receiving touchdowns, one of his biggest games in his career. Marquise Brown had nine catches for 125 yards and two touchdowns. He also had a career day. Uh, and Devin Duvernay, four catches for 45 yards. And Sammy Watkins, two catches for 35 yards. While Devontae Freeman had three catches for 34 yards. Amete, uh, I'll get to you on this Ravens team. Yeah, they look like a different Ravens team this year. Really impressive. Yeah, definitely impressive, especially if you consider the fact that I think they were down... 22-3, something like that. So, yeah, amazing comeback. Uh, career high for Lamar in passing yards. And, yeah, he's such a gifted runner. But if he can start passing like this, stay in the pocket more, uh, it's definitely going to be harder for defenses to, defenses to stop him. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, if he has that uh, two-element uh, thing to his game, whether passing or rushing, uh, it definitely makes him um, a more difficult threat for sure. Um, getting to the Colts here, uh, Carson Wentz probably had his best game of the season. 402 pass yards, two passing touchdowns, really solid. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, 15 carries, went for 53 yards and a rushing touchdown. Marlon Mack had five carries, for 47 yards. Then in terms of receiving, Jonathan Taylor, big work from him, three catches, 116 yards and a receiving touchdown Michael Pittman six catches for 89 yards and a receiving touchdown and Paris Campbell had four catches for 56 yards while Moali Cox had three catches for 50 yards Zach Pascal three for 48 um, Nate getting to you um, this Colts team on offense they played well on defense they sort of gave up a big lead in the the second half I guess what are your thoughts yeah I guess on offense they're starting to kind of um, pick things up I feel like Carson Wentz is kind of returning to his old self. Um, but now I guess it's the question is um, how are the Colts going to kind of adjust, adjust to kind of uh, the better teams in the league. I mean, the Ravens in general are a really hard team to stop. Um, again, Mark Andrews is a really good tight end, and it's like, 
it's an example of when you trust your tight end to catch catch the ball it's um really hard to stop someone like mark andrews it's really hard to stop someone like lamar jackson but um you you have to find a way to kind of slow them down if you want to win football games nowadays yeah i definitely agree with you that's definitely uh, the number one uh, way to do it um of course they clearly couldn't do it as lamar just pretty much went crazy on them in this game uh, Jonathan Taylor, another amazing threat on the other side. Well, we saw how well he played. So it was definitely a great game from both of these two teams. We'll see if they can keep uh, winning moving forward. And I guess for the Colts, uh, sort of a bounce back moving forward. But um, let's just move on now to our pickups of the week for fantasy football. Um, let's start with running backs first. Um, I'll, I'll start here. I'll take a look at Daryl Williams for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, this one's pretty much a no brainer here. Clyde Edwards Alaire goes down. Uh, Daryl Williams, although uh, the Chiefs don't rush as much as other teams, they love passing to their running backs. And Daryl Williams, he's always been involved even when Edwards Hilaire was there. Uh, he'll just be getting a bigger role. So he's definitely a guy that needs to be added. I believe he was under 20% rostered in most leagues. Um, so definitely uh, take a look at him. Uh, Mete, just getting to you, who's your running back pickup for the week? Yeah, so for this week, I'd go for Alex Collins. He took over as his starting running back last week with Chris Carson out and yeah, Carson hasn't practiced today on Wednesday. So there could be another chance of uh, Carson missing a game and Collins having another uh, starting opportunity. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely one of those um, things where you just got to keep an eye on the practice reports and um, yeah, if you um, have Chris Carson, especially, uh, you should be owning Alex Collins as sort of that handcuff. Uh, Nate, getting to you, I guess, who's your uh, running back pickup for the week? Um, I guess there's a couple of guys. You can maybe take a look at um, uh, Sonny Michelle. He's about 50% rostered. And I feel like the Rams should have a good matchup against the Giants. So um, you should be able to get a decent amount of fantasy points there. And I guess for deeper leagues, you can take a look at uh, Tyson Williams, 21% rostered. Again, he should um, have a good matchup against the Chargers as um, in terms of uh, running, that's kind of the weaker spot of their um, defense. And I feel like Tyson Williams, he had a pretty decent game last week. So he's, uh, I guess, another running back you can kind of pick up in a deep league. Yeah, I guess for Tyson Williams, just make sure he's in the lineup because he's sort of been in and out of the lineup uh, for some reason. They really haven't been committing to anyone running back. So, yeah, if he plays, definitely uh, a good guy to look at for sure. I guess other guys you can take a look at are uh, Devontae Booker, obviously, because of the Saquon injury. Um, and I guess just um, uh, maybe Jarek McKinnon, uh, depending on the role he gets with Kansas City. I know Khalil Herbert. Um, He's definitely a, a bench stash uh, in case he breaks out on, in that Chicago backfield. And then, yeah, um, I guess Alex Madison. I mean, if he if he's unowned and um, Dalvin Cook's out, he's another guy you can look at for running back. Uh, let's move to wide receivers now. Um, I'm going to get to Kadarius Toney, who's my pickup for the week. I mean, when we were talking about the draft earlier this year, I guess we were talking about like Jalen Waddle, sort of that guy that had like sort of Tyreek Hill level speed. But I guess Kadarius Tony seems to be that guy that we talked about. He has like Tyree Kill's elusiveness. Like it's so hard to bring this guy down to the ground. He can break so many tackles, fake out so many defenders. Um, with all the injuries we talked about, we already talked about Saquon and, and Daniel Jones for the Giants. But I mean, Galladay got injured in this game. Slayton's been out. 
Shepard's been out. Tony's the guy there. He needs to be picked up in pretty much every league. Um, he needs to be rostered. He even needs to be started because it's clear even Glennon was throwing to him as well. So no matter who the quarterback is, whether it's Jones or Glennon, Tony's the guy there. He's got to be picked up. He's my must-pick-up wide receiver for the week. Um, Mete, I'll move it over to you. Who's your guy at wide receiver? Yeah, so for this week, I'm going for Amon Ray St. Brown. And now that Quintez Cephas is out, I think uh, Amon Ray St. Brown, he's going to get even more looks. And he's been playing much better the last two weeks. Uh, the fact that the Lions are usually trailing games also favors him as they're forced to throw more. So, yeah, uh, he's getting a lot of more targets. And I think it, it'll continue that way. Yeah, I definitely agree. You looked really solid in this game. Um and then uh, Nate, getting to you, uh, who's your uh, wide receiver pickup for the week? Um, I guess there's a few guys you could look at. Um, maybe Devontae Parker, although he is questionable, so you want to, um, I guess, check to see if he's playing before you uh, pick him up and start him. But he did have a really good fantasy game last week. I think he got around 15 points, something like that. Um, there's also um, Rondale Moore, who's had um, multiple good games. He's about 40% rostered, so he might end up um, going fast. So you might want to pick him up. And then there's, I think for deeper leagues, you might you could take a look at maybe someone like um, Kendrick Bourne if you're feeling lucky. Yeah, for sure. Um, really solid pickups overall uh, at the wide receiver position. Um, I guess other guys you could look at, um, Tim Patrick um, and, you know, McCall Hardman had a big game. We'll see how much Josh Gordon factors in. Um, we've been pumping Hunter Renfro for a few weeks now. And it looks like T.Y. Hilton might be coming back this week. So he should be getting quite a few targets. He's another guy, I guess, that you could look at picking up at wide receiver. Um, getting to quarterbacks, I have Carson Wentz. Obviously, we talked about um, how great of a game he had this week. It looks like he's finally getting healthy. His offensive line also getting healthier he hasn't been getting hit as much which is really good for his value uh, when he has time in the pocket he can pretty much deal like any one of the top quarterbacks in this league um, he also has rushing um, potential I know he didn't show it in this past game but uh, if he does go, uh, go for a few runs he's going to get you a lot of rushing yards so that's definitely something you can look at for fantasy if you have a guy that's not producing maybe like a Derek Carr or a Justin Fields and you're looking for someone else um, I definitely like Carson Wentz, but I guess, Mete, who's your quarterback pickup for the week? Yeah, so for quarterback, uh, Tua Tagovailoa, he's got a great matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars this week, and the team's obviously missed him as they're on a four-game losing streak without him. So, yeah, if he plays, I think he'll have a great game. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, he's one of the main keys to this Dolphins offense, so definitely go take a look at him. This other guys you can look at um, Trevor Lawrence, Jameis Winston, um, and Baker Mayfield have all had pretty solid games uh, lately. So I guess just depending on their matchup, you definitely want to take a look at them for quarterback. Then for tight end, Nate, I'm going to get to you. Who's your tight end pickup for the week? Um, I guess for tight ends, um, I have both Hunter Henry and uh, Dan Arnold. I feel like they've both had some uh, pretty good games in the last few weeks. So um, I think if you're in a shallow league, you should probably pick up Hunter Henry. But if you're in a deeper league, you can maybe take a look at Dan Arnold. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, I think uh, Mete talked about Ricky Seals-Jones. I guess he's another guy you can take a look at. Um, uh, obviously, you might not be able to start him, but another guy you could look at. Uh, David Njoku had a big week. Maybe you want to take a look at him. Um, Moali Cox, potentially. Um, tight end's really uh, hard to sort of navigate this year. Um, pretty much any guy could find the end zone on any given week and finish as a tight end one. So um, you pretty much just have to sort of pick your matchups at this point. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much going to be the pickups uh, for this week for fantasy football. Um, let's just get right into previewing uh, week six for the NFL season. Um, definitely a lot of good games here. We'll start with Thursday night. Matty, I'll get it to you for the fantasy preview. Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, so for the defending champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, want to start Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, and Leonard Fournette. It looks like he's the main running back in Tampa Bay. So, yeah, go for Fournette. Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. Like I said uh, during the uh, recap, the only target that's really re- reliable right now is Devontae Smith and Goddard. He's still a decent tight end. And uh, yeah, like you just said, uh, tight end's really hard to tell. And since he's one of the better ones, you just roll him out. Yeah, for sure. And um, just getting to this game now, um, it looks like Tampa Bay is favored by six and a half. I'm seeing six and a half or seven here. So it's pretty much around there. Uh, Mete, I'll start with you. I guess, which way are you leaning for this game? Sorry, what was the spread? Uh, it's uh, six and a half for Tampa Bay. Six and a half, Tampa. I think they can win this by a touchdown and an extra point or more. Uh, they should probably win by uh, two possessions, in my opinion. So I'd go with Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely liking Tampa Bay as well. I feel like the Eagles are a little overvalued um, based on their win last week. I feel like they could come crashing down in this game, but that's just my opinion. Nate, I'll get to you. I guess, where do you sit on this? Um, I feel like the T- uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are, um, I guess, a, more than a step up above the Philadelphia Eagles, even though the Eagles have made some improvements. So I'll go with Tampa Bay on this. All right. And uh, just getting to the next game, um, it's Miami against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Of course, uh, Mete, you talked about Tua coming back most likely for this game. I guess, Nate, uh, preview this game for us for fantasy. So I guess for fantasy, assuming Tua returns this week, you would probably want to start him if you have him. Um, you can also take a look at Miles Gaskin, Devontae Parker, uh, maybe even Jalen Waddle and Mike Gusecki. And then for Jacksonville, you can take a look at James Robinson, Marvin Jones Jr., LaVisca Chenault, and I think Trevor Lawrence um, should have a good matchup this week against Miami, so you can start him as well. All right, and I guess what's your opinion on Dan Arnold? Is he more like a deep league type guy? Yeah, I think uh, Dan Arnold should mainly be starting in deep leagues. All right, and uh, just getting to the spread, the Dolphins are favored by three in this matchup. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you first. I guess which way are you looking here? Um, I feel like it could go um, either way. The thing is, um, Miami doesn't have the best defense in the league, so I feel like this could be Jacksonville's chance to kind of pull an upset. So I might go with Jacksonville on this. 
All right. And uh, Mete, getting back to you, I guess, which way are you leaning here? It's uh, Dolphins minus three. Uh, that's a good question. I think if Tua plays, they definitely should cover that. If he doesn't, I think I might go Jacksonville, honestly. Yeah, I mean, Jacksonville is the home team, so I wouldn't fault anyone for siding with the Jaguars. But like you said, if Tua's in there, I feel like this team should be able to get a spark from that. I know we haven't seen it in recent weeks, so I might want to lean Jaguars, but I think I'm still confident enough in the Dolphins. I think I definitely like this team uh, to cover for sure. And then just getting to the next game, uh, it's the Detroit Lions against the Cincinnati Bengals. I guess I'll preview this one for fantasy. Um, In terms of starts for Detroit, um, DeAndre Swift, he's pretty much a must start at this point. He's getting most of the work in that offense. And, the only reason I'm saying you should start TJ Hawkinson, I know he's had a rough last couple games, but uh, I mean, he's still the most talented guy in this offense. And I mean, if you're, uh, if you have him at tight end, I mean, tight end landscape's pretty bad right now. So you're probably going to have to start him from where you drafted him. So I have Hawkinson there. Um, I guess for sits or deep league starts, Jared Goff, Jamal Williams, Khalif Raymond, and Amon Ross St. Brown's interesting because he's like a borderline start. Um, I just want to see more consistent production from him. And then for the Bengals, you're starting Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, assuming he's healthy, uh, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Tyler Boyd. And then in terms of sits or deep league starts, Samaje P. Ryan and C.J. Uzama. Um, and then looking at the spread for this game, um, it is three and a half in favor of the Bengals. Uh, Mete, I'll start with you this time. I guess which way are you looking here? I like the Bengals here, like I said. I'm impressed with the Bengals. Um, Detroit, they're really struggling. So, yeah, uh, go Bengals. All right, and Nate, moving to you, I guess, which side are you on for this game? Um, the spread isn't too um, high, and the, I guess Detroit, they've been um, keeping games close, but um, not close enough to pull upsets, so I'm going to go with the Bengals. Yeah, I think one thing I noticed with the Bengals is they've won a lot of close games lately. Um, I think this might be the game where they sort of take that next step and they can probably win by more than just a field goal, hopefully. So yeah, I think I am going to bank on the Bengals to sort of get it done here. Obviously, the Lions have been a team that have been keeping it close with with other teams as well. So um, it is a tough uh, game to sort of handicap. But yeah, I definitely uh, I'm going to lean with the Bengals here. Um, and then just getting to the next game, Matty, I'll get to you for Minnesota against Carolina. All right. So for the Vikings, you sh- could start Kirk Cousins if you're in deeper leagues. Uh, Dalvin Cook, obviously, if he plays. If not, Alexander Madison. Uh, whenever he starts in his place, he pretty much does uh, the same thing Cook would do. So great play if he's uh, Cook's not there. Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. All right, and then for Carolina? And for Carolina, uh, Christian McCaffrey, if he plays, uh, it looks like he could be back. I think he practiced today. If he doesn't play, Chuba Hubbard, uh, he's been playing great in his uh, absence. DJ Moore, he's been their main guy. And Robbie Anderson, I play in deeper leagues. All right, and just getting to this game, um, the Vikings are favored by one and a half points. Uh, I guess, Mete, which way are you leaning here? Um, that's a good question. One and a half. 
this is a tough call. Carolina, uh, they were off to a great start, but they're kind of struggling right now. So I think Vikings should win this game. All right, Nate, what about you? What do you think on this game? It's kind of hard to say because Carolina has a really good defense, and that's probably going to um, put them in position to maybe pull an upset. But you're basically picking the winner at this point, so I feel like I'll just go with the Vikings on this. Yeah, like you said, you're pretty much going with the winner at this point. Um, Yeah, it's tough for me to pick against the Vikings. I feel like they are a better team than people are giving them credit for. Uh, The Panthers, yeah, if they don't have McCaffrey, I feel like they're going to struggle. I feel like if both Cook and McCaffrey play, I am going to lean with the Carolina Panthers here. They are at home and they are a solid team. I feel like they can bounce back here. But, I mean, if McCaffrey's out, it honestly depends on the running backs for me. Uh, let's just say if both running backs are in, I'm going to definitely lean with the Panthers getting points here. Um, and then moving to the next game, LA Chargers against Baltimore Ravens. Nate, I'll let you preview this one for fantasy. So I guess for the Chargers, um, quite a few players that you can start. Um, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and uh, Jared, Jared Cook. And for Baltimore, you can start um, – Lamar Jackson, Marquise Brown, Sammy Watkins, Mark Andrews. You can maybe even take a look at Latavius Murray and Tyson Williams. All right. And uh, sort of getting to the spread of this game, it looks like the Ravens are favored by two and a half points. Uh, Nate, uh, which way are you leaning here? Uh, It's kind of hard to tell because I feel like this can go either way. Um, They both have um, really good quarterbacks. Um, I, they both have, um, really good run games and I feel like the Baltimore, um, passing game is really underrated. So, uh, it's pretty much a toss up, but I guess I'll go with the Ravens mainly because of Lamar Jackson's run game. All right. And Mete getting to you, are you with the chargers here? Are you with the Ravens? I think I'm going to go with the chargers. Uh, they don't have to win this game. They've been great this season. And Baltimore, they usually have a top 10 defense. And this year, they're around average. So I definitely think the Chargers could keep this close. Yeah, for sure. This game's pretty much a toss-up. Probably just side with the Ravens just because they're at home. They're really strong at home from what I've noticed, uh, whether it's um, during the day or at prime time. Uh, just the home field advantage is a real thing in Baltimore. Uh, Lamar has looked unreal at this point, and the Chargers have a really poor run defense, so I feel like Lamar is just going to run all over this team. So, yeah, I will lean slightly with the Baltimore Ravens there. Um, and then getting to the next game, um, Green Bay Packers against the Chicago Bears. I'll preview that one for fantasy. For Green Bay, you're starting Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams 100%. And then sits or deep league starts probably be like A.J. Dillon, Randall Cobb, and Robert Tanyan. And then in uh, terms of the Chicago Bears, you're starting Damian Williams, who's taking the place of Montgomery, obviously. Um, Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney, they're getting the targets. They're not getting a lot of yards, but if you can sort of follow the target volume, they should be able to break out at some point. So especially if you drafted them early, like Robinson, you're probably going to start him. Um, In terms of sits or deep league starts, Justin Fields, Khalil Herbert's an interesting one. He played really well last game. Then Cole Komet and Jimmy Graham are pretty much sits for me. And then looking at the spread for this game, it looks like the Packers are favored by four and a half. Uh, 
think I got to lean with the Packers here, to be honest. Um, they've looked really solid. Obviously, they weren't able to make some field goals. If they had made those field goals, they would have beaten the Bengals by quite a bit more points. So I will lean with the Packers here. But I guess, Nate, what are your thoughts? Um, I feel like uh, the Chicago Bears may not have the offense to kind of keep up with the Packers. I mean, the Bears do have a really good defense, but so do the Green Bay Packers. So it's pretty much going to come down to um, how Aaron Rodgers and the rest of the Green Bay Packers on the offense are going to play. And you can't really expect them to play bad. So I'm going with Green Bay. All right, Mete, getting to you, I guess, which side are you on here? Yeah, I'm with the Packers as well. Uh, they're on a four-game win streak. Chicago starting a rookie quarterback. So I think they can cover this spread. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree. All right, getting to the next game, uh, the Houston Texans against the Indianapolis Colts. Matt, I'll get to you for the fantasy preview. Yeah, so for Houston, really short list. I think last week you said Brandon Cooks is the only guy you're starting from this team, and yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think in deeper leagues, he uh, is definitely worth a look. He hasn't been too hot the last couple of weeks, so kind of a riskier player and for Indianapolis I'd go Carson Wentz especially if you have a bad quarterback situation uh Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman I feel like uh outside of those guys they don't really have reliable targets if you said T.Y. Hilton might return if he does uh yeah he can definitely be started as well yeah, for sure. I definitely think uh, this Colts team should win, but I guess we'll have to see how much as the spread is minus 10 here for the Colts. I guess, Mete, how do you feel about that? Uh, I always uh, don't like betting against uh, double digits, so maybe um, Texans as Davis Mills, he finally had a really good game and hopefully he builds on it. I think I would go with the Texans. Um, and then getting to Nate, I guess, how do you feel about this game? I feel like it could go um, either way. It kind of depends on how the defense on both ends holds up. But if um, David Mills plays this week, how we played last week, you might actually be able to go with the Texans on this. Yeah, I'm actually going to lean with the Texans here. I think the Colts got banged up in their secondary last game. I feel like Davis Mills might be able to throw a little bit on this team. Uh, I feel like the spread might actually come down, though, as we get closer to the game. But right now, at minus 10 for the Colts, I can't touch that. I think Houston is sort of the side that I'm leaning on there. But like Mete, you mentioned, I really don't like taking big spreads, especially in NFL games, as they're very unpredictable. And then uh, getting to the next matchup, the LA Rams against the New York Giants. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you for that preview. So for the Rams, uh, quite a few players you can start. Uh, Matthew Stafford, Daryl Henderson, uh, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Tyler Higby. And then in deep leagues for the Rams, you could start um, Van Jefferson. And I guess for uh, New the New York uh, Giants, um, if Daniel Jones is able to be cleared, you could start, a, start him maybe, but... Um, I'm not sure if he would be cleared, so I'd kind of stay away from him for this week. And uh, you could take a look at maybe Devontae Booker, Kadarius Toney, um, Sterling Shepard, John Ross. In deep leagues, you might want to take a look at Darius Layton, but he's also questionable as well, so you got to keep that in mind. 
Yeah, most of this Giants team is questionable at this point. Probably, like you mentioned, the two main guys should be Devontae Booker and Kadarius Toney. But I think outside of that, probably should just stay away. I definitely agree. Um, getting to the spread, it's minus nine and a half favoring the Rams. Nate, which side are you on here? Um, I feel like this is one of the few big spreads that maybe you can kind of rely on because the Rams are a really good team on both offense and defense, and the Giants are really banged up right now. All right, and Mete, getting to you, I guess, which side do you like here? Yeah, so with Saquon being out, definitely hard for the Giants, but I think if Daniel Jones plays, I don't think he's been rolled out yet. They could cover this, but if those two are out, I'm definitely going with the Rams. Yeah, I think the Rams definitely had their bounce back game last week against the Seahawks. Obviously, they were banged up. And yeah, this Giants team clearly is banged up. I think the Rams can definitely play better in this game. Um, Anything lower than 10, I think they can cover. So nine and a half looks pretty good to me. So I will side with the Rams here. I'm getting to the next game here. Uh, Kansas City against the Washington football team. I'll preview this one for fantasy. For the Chiefs, you're rolling out Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Daryl Williams should be the starter at running back, so roll him out. Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, obviously, they've been really solid all year. And then, I guess, deep league guys are guys you'd probably want to sit. McCole Hardman, Josh Gordon, Byron Pringle, and Demarcus Robinson. And then um, for the Washington football team, Taylor Heineke, he had a hiccup week, but he has been really solid. His Chiefs defense is pretty atrocious as well. Both defenses, actually. But, yeah, I'd, I'd roll out Heineke if you need a quarterback. Antonio Gibson's been really solid the past couple of weeks. Roll him out. And Terry McLaurin's Terry McLaurin, so you got to roll him out. He's been really solid. Then deep league guys are guys you might want to sit. J.D. McKissick, Ricky Seals-Jones, and Curtis Samuel. And then getting to the spread for this game, it looks like the Chiefs are favored here, and it's by six and a half. Uh, Mete, this time I'll get to you first. Which side are you leaning here? Um. Uh... Yeah, good question. Um, I think I should, we should probably go with Kansas City, but uh, their defense is kind of hard to trust right now. I don't think Washington's that bad. Maybe Washington can cover this. All right, and Nate, I guess, what do you think about this game? Which side are you on here? Um, I feel like this might end up, kind of being a really back and forth the game on offense because both defenses haven't really been able to get stops reliably so um i feel like it could either be like a one score a one score difference game or it'll kind of be a little bit under but i guess i'll go with the chiefs just because they're the chiefs all right and yeah just looking at this game for me um I'm sort of leaning towards Washington here just because uh, this Chiefs defense, uh, they haven't really been able to get stops. I know the the football team has not been able to put a lot of pressure, which might open things up for Mahomes. So there is a risk here. Um, Yeah, the Chiefs could cover, obviously, but I think this Washington team, I mean, they're at home and I think maybe the defense does show up a little bit here in terms of pressure. Um, So, yeah, I'm definitely going to side with the Washington football team here. And then uh, just getting to the next game, um, New England Patriots against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Matt, I'll get to you for that preview. All right, so for the Patriots, uh, you could go for Mac Jones, 
Damian Harris, definitely. Jacoby Myers looks like the top target there. And Hunter Henry in deeper leagues, uh, he's been picking it up lately. For the Cowboys, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elias, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Dalton Schultz, the usual, as, yeah, uh, the offense has been great. I guess, how do you feel about Tony Pollard with the Patriots run defense sort of being a little shaky? Uh, for deeper leagues, you could definitely roll him out as a flex, but if you're in like a 10-man league or uh, less, so around like eight or something, yeah, you definitely have better options. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then definitely looking at the spread for this game, um, I guess, Matt, I'll get to you on this one first. Um, it looks like the Cowboys are favored by three points. Uh, some places say three and a half. Um, I think most places say three and a half. So I'm going to go with that. I guess, which way are you leaning here? Yeah, I'm still going to uh, ride with the Cowboys. I think uh, they could win this game by four. They've been really playing great lately. So, yeah, Cowboys. You know me, I'm going to ride with the Patriots, obviously. They're at home. They've kept every game close, no matter the skill level of the team. They seem to be playing up and down to their competition, which is kind of concerning to me. But, um, I mean, the the way that their defense plays, I mean, uh, last week they got pretty much a shutout in the second half. Against the Bucs, they were able to shut down uh, most of their playmakers. Yeah, I think they definitely have a chance against this Cowboys team. They might not win, but I definitely think they have a good chance of covering I guess, Nate, break the tie here. Cowboys three and a half or Patriots plus three and a half? Um, I'll go with the Cowboys mainly because um, of their uh, run game. If they can get their run game going against New England, I feel like they might have a chance to cover. All right. And um, just getting to the next game here, um, the Cleveland Browns against the Arizona Cardinals. I know, Nate, you were talking about this game earlier. I'll just dive right into it for fantasy. All right, so for I'll start with Cleveland first. Um, players that you want to start, uh, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, those are probably the two biggest bangs for your buck right there. Uh, you might want to start um, Odell mainly because of his talent. Um, Rashard Higgins. Um, the thing with, um, I guess, receivers on this team is that um, you don't really know exactly who Baker is going to throw to because he mostly does it um, – not just on kind of like how the system works, but if the plays break down, he'll kind of go based on based off of feel. So it's kind of hard to tell. I think if you're feeling lucky, you might want to go with Donovan Peoples-Jones or David Njoku. There might be some red zone looks for them, especially if they play like um, last week. But the thing is, um, I feel like um, getting consistent targets in Cleveland is a little um, challenging at this point. And I guess you might want to start uh, Baker Mayfield as well. He's been doing really well. All right, and for the Cardinals? Oh, yeah. Um, for the Cardinals, you, um, I guess you could start Kyler Murray, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, Christian Kirk for deep uh, leagues, Chase Edmonds, James Conner, and Demetrius Harris. And I guess how do you feel about Rondell Moore? Uh, Rondale Moore, uh, you can definitely start him as well. All right. And uh, getting to this game, um, I'm actually surprised here. The Cardinals are undefeated, but the Browns are favored by three in this game. 
I guess, Nate, what are your thoughts on that? And I guess, who are you liking here? Never have I ever explored Kensington Market. Um, I'm pretty uh, surprised by them being favored by three. Honestly, I've, I'm kind of uh, nervous about this game because, again, the Cardinals are undefeated. So uh, even three might be a little too much. I feel like Arizona might still be able to cover this mainly because they've been so good. All right. And, um, yeah, Mete, which side are you taking here? Are you like Cleveland at minus three or do you like the Cardinals? Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that the 5-0 and team is given the plus. I know they're away, but they're 5-0, and so I'm going with the Cardinals. They don't even have to win to cover. So, yeah, that looks great for me. Yeah, um, Cardinals have definitely been looking really solid. Um, I don't know. I just keep going back to this Browns team. I went to them last week. Of course, they, they didn't cover. They're at home this time. I feel like uh, this is their chance to do it. I feel like that Cleveland, this sort of a bounce back game for them as well. Um, I don't know the status of Miles Garrett. If he plays, I like Cleveland here for sure um, at minus three. But yeah, if he's out, there's no way I can side with Cleveland. I definitely like the Cardinals for sure. Um, and then moving to the next game here, uh, Denver uh, Broncos against the Las Vegas Raiders. I'll preview this one for fantasy. Um, I guess uh, guys you can look at, um, for the Denver Broncos, you can look at Melvin Gordon. You can look at Javante Williams. Both backs have been getting the split work, and some of them are finding the end zone. Um, a lot of times, both of them find the end zone, so uh, you can definitely look at them. Cortland Sutton, he's sort of an up-and-down receiver, but if he's getting targeted, he's going to get a lot of deep catches, so definitely take a look at him. Tim Patrick and Noah Fant are also both getting a lot of targets, so look for them as well. Um, sits or deep league starts. I just have Teddy Bridgewater here. He's one of these quarterbacks that's sort of been up and down. They rely a lot on their run game, so he's not going to be throwing a lot of passes. Um, but yeah, you can definitely look at him in deep leagues. And then for the Raiders, hopefully we get a bounce back game here from Derek Carr. So you can probably roll him out most likely. It might be a little bit of a tougher matchup, but if you don't have any other options, he's definitely okay. Um, Josh Jacobs for sure is probably the number one option on this team. Um, from what we've seen the last few weeks. Um, Hunter Renfro, very consistent. He gets his six, seven targets, and he pretty much ma- pretty much makes the most out of them, so I like him. Henry Ruggs, it's going to be tough, uh, but if you're in a bind, you can definitely start him. And then Darren Waller, you're rolling him out because he's one of the top tight ends in the game. And then for deep league guys, Kenyon Drake from Brian Edwards. Most leagues, you can probably sit them, but only in deep leagues, you should start them. And then looking at the spread, um, Broncos are at home. They're favored by three and a half. I guess, Mete, which way are you looking here? Good question. Uh, I don't know. Broncos are at home, but I guess uh, you could go with the Broncos as, like I said, I feel like uh, with the Gruden situation, I feel like that could be a distraction for them. Yeah, for sure. Both of these two teams are in the same division. They won their first three games. They lost their last two. I guess, Nate, which side are you leaning here? Um, I feel like the Broncos um, might have a chance, mainly because um, Gruden's not going to be coaching. So um, we haven't really seen this team without Gruden yet. And this is in the middle of the season, so it's going to be really hard to um adjust so this might be the week for denver 
Yeah, this Raiders offensive line, they started off the year really solid, but they've slowly deteriorated over the last few games. If Vaughn Miller and company gets through and sacks Derek Carr quite a bit, could be troublesome here. I think three and a half, they should be able to cover. Um, obviously, it's a divisional game, so it could go either way. But yeah, I'm, I'm sort of leaning with the Broncos here. Um, and then moving to the next game, uh, Seattle against Pittsburgh. Uh, this is Sunday night. Matt, I'll let you preview this for fantasy. All right. So Chris Carson, if he's playing, if not, uh, like I said, I go with Alex Collins and then DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Uh, for Pittsburgh, I'd go Najee Harris, Chase Claypool, and Deontay Johnson. All right, pretty straightforward there. Um, I guess just looking at the spread, uh, the Steelers are favored by five points. Some places say four and a half, but we'll go with five here. Um, yeah, I actually like the Seahawks plus five. I know Wilson's not here. Um, I know Pittsburgh has looked better over the last couple of games, but I don't know. I'm just kind of leaning with the Seahawks here. I guess, Mete, what are your thoughts? I think I'm going with the Steelers. They're at home. Uh, and Russell Wilson isn't there, so I think they can cover this. All right, Nate, getting to you, I guess, which way are you leaning? Break the tie. Um, I mean, Geno Smith did play really well against the Rams, but the Steelers actually have a better pass defense than the Rams do, so... Um, Gino has his work cut out for him, so I'm going to go with the Steelers. Yeah, um, the Steelers team definitely did bounce back last week. We'll definitely have to see how they play in this game. Um, and then getting to the Monday night game, Buffalo against Tennessee. I'll preview this one. Um, for the Buffalo Bills, you're starting Josh Allen, Zach Moss, Stefan Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, and Dawson Knox. And then in terms of sits or deep league starts, it looks like Cole Beasley sort of taking a back seat now in this offense. Probably only start him in deep leagues. Gabriel Davis as well, and also Devin Singletary. Um, and then starts for the Tennessee Titans, Derrick Henry, obviously. He's a must start. Julio Jones, he looks like he's going to be back this week. If he is, you start him. A.J. Brown as well. He sort of had a rough week, but he was banged up. So he's definitely going to be a bit healthier, so you can start him as well. Uh, deep league guys are guys that you can sit. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, Jeremy McNichols, Chester Rogers, and Anthony Ferkser. They're not getting enough work to sort of be consistent starters. Um, getting to the spread for this game, the Bills are favored by five and a half. And I think you just got to ride this Bills team until the wheels fall off at this point. I'm going to lean with Buffalo at five and a half. Nate, I guess, what are your thoughts here? I mean, um, I feel like trying to go against um, Buffalo is not really a good idea, especially with the spread being this low. I mean, the Bills have been blowing out teams by like 20 points, and then they're saying they're favored by five and a half. That's like almost too easy to pick, so I'm going with the Bills. I mean, the spread against the Texans was 17, and they won by 40. So, I mean, like this team has just been going crazy. Uh, Mete, I assume you're on the same side as us, but I guess what are your thoughts? Yeah, for sure. I'm with you guys as well. Uh, like you guys said, it's really hard to pick against the Bills right now. They're playing amazing. So go with Buffalo. Yeah, I feel like this line's going to keep climbing. I see six on some places. So yeah, this line will keep climbing as the week goes on. So if you like the Bills, jump on them right away. 
And yeah, um, that's pretty much the end of this Fanatics football episode. We've covered pretty much everything. Week five recap, pickups, week six. Uh, week six is going to be great. Obviously, Mete, our teams are going head-to-head. Cowboys against Patriots. And then you got Cleveland, Nate, trying to take down the undefeated Cardinals. I think it's going to be pretty exciting. Honestly, I'm actually amped for this week. Um, definitely check out the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at FanFanPodcast. We've been posting the picks for the, the NHL season that just started, as well as we've been posting NFL every week. Definitely check that out. Uh, check us out on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts for this podcast. Uh, make sure you like, subscribe, share, hit the bell for notifications, leave us a review, all that good stuff. And yeah, uh, once again, another exciting week of football coming up, and we'll talk to you guys on the next episode.